Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in this show, guys, we're back after, I don't know, what has it been, three weeks, four weeks since we last podcasted? It has certainly been a long time, but we are ready to be back. You just heard my loud clap that I just decided to do out of nowhere. I don't have my mic with me this week, unfortunately, but we are back and we're back for a really good episode, the Super Bowl preview. We will have Super Bowl breakdowns, be covering NFL coaches being fired, NFL coaches being hired, and we'll give our DFS lineups for the Super Bowl as well. And then at the end, give some game picks. It is going to be a lot of fun. And guys, Chris is here. Chris, how are you feeling on this fine early afternoon? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm kind of excited. We're one week away from the Super Bowl, um, or well, one week and one day for Calvin and I recording this show at the moment. Um, I'm excited to get into the preview. DFS is always fun. And there's a lot going on in the NFL right now as far as head coaches go. Um, should be interesting. We've got a new name. There's a lot of interesting stuff going down. And then obviously it's Super Bowl coming up. Super excited. So Yeah, I almost forgot about the new name, but that's what we're going to talk about first. There is a new name for something that we're going to talk about here. And that's going to be the first thing we talk about today. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure to follow us on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF, at Chris underscore SGF, at SGF pod. Keep an eye out on the at SGF pod Twitter. And actually... I think because this show is coming out on Monday, by the time you see this, you should be, uh, you should see the tweet because we put out a teaser on that account for upcoming guests for this show. And that teaser, we're going to take off the big black rectangle obscuring all the guests on February 7th and you'll get to see the full graphic and it's full glory with all the guests. February 14th, February 21st, February 28th, we got guests booked for all three. And guys, February 14th, Chris is going to be on that one too. And we just have a bombshell, huge guest, and you will want to check the Twitter. So honestly, if you're listening to this, it's probably out. You probably just want to go look right now, and you'll be super excited for next week. And then be all fired up coming back in to listen to this show, because it is going to be maybe one of the best shows we've ever done. I'm very, very excited for this one. And the guy we have having on, or coming on, I guess, like, I'm not going to spoil who it is yet, but he's definitely, yeah, he's one of the best in the industry for sure. And so we're really excited to have him on. So yeah, follow us. Keep an eye out for guests. Check out the Young Fantasy Mind Football Podcast and check out their YouTube premiere show or Hutchinson's YouTube premiere show because we were on that one and that was fun and we did a mock draft. Mm -hmm. That it, Chris? Anything else you want to say before we get started? I think you hit it all, Galvin. I'm ready to get into this. We've got an interesting new name here. Let's go. Okay, yeah. So let's jump into the news. Wow, I haven't done this in so long. We have a podcast and it's been weeks, but we're off hiatus at last. Weekly episodes for the entire offseason. Here we go. All right, first piece of news, and I feel like, did we do this? Like, I don't even remember. No, we did do this. Way back in the early days of the show, we had a name change on the show, and we talked about it probably on, like, episode, like, 10, 20, I want to say. We want we talked about it, and we reacted, and now we have another name change for the same team. So, obviously, the Washington football team received their new name a couple of years ago, way back in the early days of the podcast. And that just reminded me of it because I'm getting deja vu doing this again. But mm-hmm. the Washington football team has changed their name to the Washington Commanders. Wow. <laughs> the Washington Commanders, guys. Um, you know, it's, it's nothing special. Here's what I'll say. This is one of those two names. It's not good, but it's, I mean, it's not bad. That's sure. what I'll say about it. I think somewhere in the middle, it's to. not really interesting. I can't really attach myself to a let's go commanders. Let's go. You know, <laughs> especially it's just as a like, Giants fan. It just, it doesn't work that well. I feel like, and I don't know. I feel like there were better options. I would have much rather have seen red wolves or even like 
generals, I think, would have been a little bit more interesting than commanders. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's all right. Yeah, I think Red Wolves would have been the best option, personally. I think I agree with you that commanders isn't anything special. It's not bad. It can't be shortened into, like, a nickname, which is stupid because it's three syllables. That's the one, like, really bad part about it, in my opinion. But it's nothing special, and I think we're going to get used to it. But it feels weird, like, the Washington Commanders, uh, to say that. And it's, like, going to be interesting throughout the offseason. We're going to get used to saying that name all over again. I've just gotten – I mean, I got used to actually saying Washington football team relatively early. But so far, I can't get football team out of my head, and I'm just thinking Commanders, Commanders, Commanders. Or, I mean, I'm thinking football team, football team, football team, and can't get into Commanders mode. But – Maybe, I don't know, there's going to be a lot of interesting storylines for them, for sure. News said that the commanders might be heavily involved in Russell Wilson trade talks. So that actually could be like a big bombshell. And maybe Russell Wilson, the first starting quarterback for the Washington commanders. Maybe mm-hmm. that'll come out of nowhere. Which yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Let's I will say that. I mean, firings. Unless, do you have anything else you want to add? I mean, this name is much better than the Washington football team. As much as people try and say it wasn't that bad. It's just because people got used to it. The Washington football team really was an atrocious name. It was boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. No pride in cheering for the Washington football team. Like, this is much better than that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's better than football team. It's better than what it used to be, of course, which obviously caused a lot of controversy. But, like, it, it's better to move past all the controversy. You know, whatever you think about that, at least at the very least, we're moving past it and kind of get a fresh start. So that's always exciting. Yeah. I wish I wish they'd gone with generals. What do you think of that name, Calvin? Generals over commanders? Mm. Washington generals. Yeah, that's kind of like it's kind of a more two syllable thing. Um, it's not that bad. It just sounds more like a baseball team, in my opinion. I like uh-huh. commanders probably a little bit better than generals, but I think generals is okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You want to get into hirings and firings? Sure, let's do it. Okay, so many coaches were fired, and obviously John Gruden and Urban Meyer fired during the season for the Raiders and Jaguars, respectively. But the other coaches who were fired around the NFL, we lost David Culley from the Texans, Joe Judge from the Giants, Brian Flores from the Dolphins. That was a surprise. Vic Fangio Mm -hmm. from the Broncos, Mike Zimmer from the Vikings, Matt Nagy from the Bears, and Sean Payton retired. So all in all, nine head coaches moved on in this offseason. That's a lot. And mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot to talk about already, some hirings already. But Chris, what were your thoughts on the initial firings when they came out? Yeah, I mean, there were a few really interesting ones. Um, some of the expected were Matt Nagy. Uh, I mean, Matt Nagy was really the only one that you knew for sure was going to go. Um, maybe, I mean, Joe Judge wasn't a massive surprise. Big Fangio, not too big of a surprise. Even David Coley, um, Mike Zimmer, you know. But then, like, guys like Brian Flores and Sean Payton going, it just really threw a wrench into what a lot of people were thinking. And it seemed like every single head coach that there was speculation of being fired, almost every single one did actually end up getting fired, which is not a normal thing. And that's why I think this list is so high. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. We've got a bunch of new guys coming in, um, some, some that have served in head coach uh, positions before and some that who have not coming in to take their roles. But, uh, yeah, really, I mean, just – the fact that Sean Payton retired, like, mm-hmm. and Brian Flores, who I thought was one of the best coaches in the league, ended up getting fired. Really surprising to me. Um, that's definitely interesting. Yeah, I agree that Flores is like, yeah, exactly, one of the better coaches in the league. And I think, I mean, if it wasn't for all this lawsuit stuff now that's going on, I feel like he would be a lock to get a job this hiring cycle. Now that mm-hmm. throws a wrench into it too, so it's unclear what his future is in the NFL. But obviously we lost Sean Payton, at least for a bit. I think Sean Payton, and we talked about this on Hutch's podcast, that like one, we both think that Sean Payton will eventually get that itch to return to football, but he's kind of just burned out right now. 
But I think the Saints are headed into a rebuild. And I think when Sean Payton comes back, it's not going to be for the Saints. And it'll be for a team Mm -hmm. that gives him a fresh start. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. I think that he doesn't want to head into a full rebuild mode, which is the direction, sadly, the Saints have to start looking towards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So let's talk about hirings. There are four spots open between the Texans, Dolphins, Vikings, and Saints. Um, The Vikings are all but set, though, to hire Kevin O'Connell as head coach. And that hasn't broken as we're recording this, but it could easily break. Um, by the time this podcast comes out. But so far, Mm -hmm. Green Bay offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett was one of the first to go to the Broncos. Uh, Buffalo Bills OC Brian Dable to the Giants. Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus to the Bears. I think that's how you say it. I looked it up to make sure. I think I'm remembering correctly. Former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson is now the coach of the Jaguars. Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels is now the head coach of the Raiders. And Chris... Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, now the defensive coordinator for the Raiders, which was not a head coaching hire, but your Giants DC got stolen, not for a head coaching job, but for a DC mm-hmm. job. How do you feel? I'm, I don't understand that. Why are you going to work under Josh McDaniels? Why? Yeah, honestly, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather work under Dable than McDaniels at this point. Yeah, and and not only that, but you're leaving New York, the football capital of, I mean, maybe the Cowboys, but one of the biggest high money areas. Like, what, did, yeah. what kind of spell did Josh McDaniels cast? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, in my opinion, too, the Giants have a much brighter future than a team like the Raiders. Like, the Raiders are going with an older quarterback, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I don't know. yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it, that's a fair argument to be made. I understand why he left for the Raiders, but still leaving a DC job for another DC job is certainly like very uncommon. And I don't think Josh McDaniels is going to be a successful head coach either because he's already had like, I mean, I just never like it when teams hire like a head coach who's already had like unsuccessful stints that ended quickly. And then McDaniels had that thing where he backed out of the Colts a few years ago. Like, I don't understand. Like he was, he was literally hired. Like they were announcing it and then it was just gone. But I feel like I don't understand that hire. I feel like Josh McDaniels is a great hire. I feel like the others I can get behind. I understand those. But for the Raiders, I honestly feel like a Byron Leftwich or Brian Flores or, I mean, Dable obviously got hired. But I feel like any of them, if you're looking for an offensive mind, are better than Josh McDaniels, in my opinion. I don't like the McDaniels hire. So is Kevin O'Connell not officially yet the Vikings head coach? He, I'm guessing he will be by the time this podcast releases, but he's not officially, although it was reported he'd expected to be. And he's the OC <laughs> yeah, Justin Jefferson already commented on what, how excited he is to have O'Connell coming. So. <laughs> well, yeah, then maybe he, all, he is. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, like, obviously, he played himself into a great spot. I mean, is it, it's got, I guess it's because the Rams are in the Super Bowl right now. But, like, um, yeah, I guess, yeah, it's, it's, but it seems to be all but official. And that, I, I don't mind that hire as well. Another offensive-oriented hire as well. Good for the Vikings and their offensive-oriented team. Mm-hmm. Although that defense is going to struggle for sure, and it's continuing to struggle unless they make major upgrades this offseason. Yep, that's definitely going to be a point of emphasis for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so anything else you want to add? What do you think about Joe Judge being gone for the Giants? Um, I was a little bit disappointed because I do like Joe Judge, but uh, I'm excited because I think that this – I'm. The mo- thing I'm most excited about is I'm excited that we're going to be linking GM to head coach because I think that was one of the biggest things that went unreported a lot of times was there was a lot of trifle between uh, Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge, Dave Gettleman being the former Giants GM. They a lot of times were not on the same page. They both had different views for the direction they wanted their team going. 
And now I think we take uh, Joe. How do you say his last Joe name? Schoen. I think. Yeah, something like that. Uh, and then you go ahead and combine him with Brian. Uh, is it Dable or Dable? I don't know. I said Brian Dable. I think it's Dable. Okay, <laughs> is, well, you're gonna have to we'll figure this Dable. out. Sorry, guys. I feel like I should know this as a Giants fan, but for some reason I don't. Um, but yeah, so hopefully they have uh, similar ideas for what direction they want this team to go. And I think that's one of the most underrated things when you're looking at like a front office and just coaching is that sort of connection. They need to be in sync. They need to have the same goals for the team. And that's why I'm excited. So uh, as much as like, I mean, maybe there was a coach like Brian Flores and obviously, I mean, a lot of people with all these lawsuits are upset about Brian Flores, but I'm like, for the Giants, I feel like it just makes sense after all these years of having that disconnect um, to get the same, to match the general manager with the head coach. I think that was a lot more important. Even if a guy like Brian Flores may have been the better option on his own, I think that linking is really important. And so I'm actually really happy about the hire. Yeah. I mean, and I honestly think I'm pretty like, I feel like the uh, GMs didn't like, and owners obviously did relatively well this hiring cycle overall with like the coaches. I mean, just in terms of like, I mean, obviously the Flores stuff like disregarding because we have no clue differing accounts with that. And that could be like, if that's true, if that stuff is true, that's like obviously bombshell news, but like Mm -hmm. disregarding all that, I think overall just for an NFL, like just purely NFL basis, the teams did relatively well. I do feel like they went after experience. Like I like how the Jaguars went after experience in Doug Peterson. Mm -hmm. That was a successful head coaching tenure over like someone like I mean I feel like Leftwich is a good candidate but then again like how easy is it to be an OC for a Tom Brady led team like pretty easy mm-hmm. I would say like yeah. and then Eberflus like that's a defensive hire for the Bears that's a good hire for them Hackett for Green Bay another one where I just feel like maybe like again how much of that was just Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur Dable though I feel like played actually a crucial role in developing Josh Allen and I feel like that's a better hire for the Giants than maybe mm-hmm. Hackett or um mcdaniels was for the patriots or green bay mm-hmm. yeah but yeah we're gonna um see what happens and i mean i just don't know about mcdaniels like did, they didn't even really have a good offense this year like it was all right exactly it's just that's a confusing hire and the fact that patrick graham now wants to go leave with him is really annoying me because i already didn't like josh mcdaniels now i just like him less <laughs> yeah because patrick graham is no gone you have to figure out how to fill out that staff um, well, yeah, because you lost Jason Garrett, your OC, Joe Judge, your head coach, and Patrick Graham, your defensive coordinator. You do have a new uh, offensive coordinator. It's uh, Mike Kafka, who was the quarterback coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. So even oh, more right. excitement for Daniel Jones. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. But yeah, I mean, you lost like, your OC, DC, head coach, and GM all in one season. Completed the, mm-hmm. the quadruple crown right there. Yeah, oh my goodness, Calvin. We've got Mike Kafka, Patrick Mahomes' former coach, and Brian Dable, Josh <laughs> Allen's former coach. So do you ah! say Daniel Jones is going to be the next uh, – Brian Dable or I mean Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes combined I know I'm really excited I mean this is it future is very bright for Daniel Jones right now if we can get an offensive line yeah and I'm back in on Kenny Galladay guys you're gonna hear more about that I mean honestly next week I might even just talk about Kenny Galladay with our special guest just to be like you know I'm just obsessed Mm -hmm. again I'm I'm back in Kenny Galladay 2022 (laughs) breakout season is coming it was by far my biggest whiff this year and I don't care I'm back in again so Mm -hmm. today (laughs) All right, let's move on, though. We talked hirings, firings, all of that. Nothing too crazy going on other than what we mentioned. Uh, the Texans still looking. Cully never got a fair shot at but I don't know. I mean, then again, like, I understand not thinking David Cully was the best person for the job, but at the same time, you kind of hired him and never gave him a fair chance. Uh, Dolphins, Vikings, Saints still open. Flores shouldn't have been fired. I think that much is clear. He made this team above 500, and without him, they wouldn't have been. 
So mm-hmm. let's move on. Super Bowl preview. Who would have expected this? The Rams? Okay, that was good. And I think, Chris, you picked in the preseason Rams and Chargers. So you got one half of the Super Bowl right. But the Chargers missed the playoffs. And instead, it was the Cincinnati Bengals who went 4-12 and last year, headed into the Super Bowl. Wow. I mean, yeah. and the Bengals have just been – we haven't had a chance to talk about it because we've been on hiatus. But the Bengals – like, let's talk about the Bengals' playoff run. Like, it's just been so incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it really has just like, I mean, I'll, you forget this team was four and 12 last year mm-hmm. to turn it around and go to a Super Bowl. That's just absolutely incredible. It shows how good Joe Burrow has been. Um, remember when we kind of were a little disappointed in the Bengals sucking Jamar Chase? Well, <laughs> we've never been so wrong. Jamar Chase has been incredible, uh, that combo. And the offensive line has really been improved. That's one of the biggest things. I mean, that a lot of people aren't really talking about. That's why they have the ability to, you know, attack with all these receivers because their offensive line has been uh, really – it hasn't been anything incredible, but it's just been solid enough to uh, allow all these playmakers to go to work. Joe Burrow really just putting together a fascinating run. Um, towards the end of the season, he was playing some of the best football I've seen in my life, 525 yards in one game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. And uh, he's carrying that right into the playoffs. He got the best swagger in the league. So mm-hmm. I want the Bengals to win, but uh, I have different uh, opinions on what's going to actually happen. With I think they're going to win. Button. Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr, Joe Cool. There's like so many <laughs> nicknames for Joe Burrow now, but I think the main thing for this run this year is showing that Jamar Chase was the right pick. And it, it, he yeah. was. Jamar Chase was the right pick. And I was seeing arguments, like even in the divisional round, people were like, Joe Burrow's being sacked so much. This is why they should have taken Penny Sewell. Like, mm-hmm. Stop it. Penny Sewell is yeah. one of five offensive linemen. Jamar Chase is a generational wide receiver talent. When you look at this draft class, there, this is a much deeper draft class for offensive linemen. Tell me where there is a Jamar Chase or even like a Devontae Smith graded level talent in this draft class. Like people like Garrett Wilson, people like other guys, but they're not a Jamar Chase. And it's clear Jamar Chase has done everything he's needed to from week one, from the get-go to prove he was the right pick. I mm-hmm. loved Jamar Chase heading into the year, obviously for redraft. And that was like my biggest, probably one of my biggest hits is the ranking, picking him as like a top 15 receiver bold take when somehow he wasn't even close to there. But, like, yeah, Jamar Chase has just elevated this team, and he elevated Joe Burrow, who elevated Jamar Chase. It's just a feedback cycle, elevating each other, boom, boom, and then they're in the Super Bowl. And it's been pretty incredible for them, for sure. And I just think – I think Jamar Chase was 100% the right pick. And oh, I, I was going to say something else, but I lost it. But uh, I think the only reason I remember not out of the draft not liking that pick for fantasy because I loved Tyler Boyd, but I was able to move on from my Tyler Boyd love and – send it to Jamar Chase instead. And mm-hmm. so it worked out pretty well. Yep. So let's see here. What we what have we got? Let's break down the game some more. So we got, I guess let's talk about the Rams though. Let's talk about the Rams' run. Because on the other side, this is a team that went win now. They went all in. And by the way, guys, we're just starting this off by talking just regular football, not as much like fantasy. And then we'll get into the mm-hmm. DFS. Um, on the other side of the ball, the Rams went all in, obviously acquired Von Miller on defense, OBJ on offense. They lost Robert Woods for the season, but they have a ton of playmakers and it's worked out. And this is, uh, is there a bigger, like I've never seen a bigger Super Bowl or bus team than, or maybe not never, but there's like rarely, I've rarely seen a bigger Super Bowl or bus team than what the Rams are right now. They were mm-hmm. even more so than the Bucks because the Bucks won one last year. Like the Rams, if they lose it at home, that is just going to be a massive disappointment, which is crazy given the success they've had this season. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go as far to say a massive disappointment. They're still a Super Bowl team, and that's an accomplishment, uh, no matter how much you want to put in, because just that's just how tough this league is. But yeah, definitely. I mean, they want to win the Super Bowl, and their team is set up to win the Super Bowl. 
this year. So I think that's what they got to do. Um, they've got some great veteran uh, veteran presences. Vaughn Miller, who's still really talented. And then uh, Eric Weddle signed him right before the playoffs. Just another one of those just veteran guys, you know, that you'd like to have on your uh, team. So just all great additions. Um, they've got the experience they need and they've got all that talent. Cooper Cup is really going to have to show up uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And I just really want Matthew Stafford to also get a win. Man, I... I'm wanted. I enjoy watching both of these teams. I am not upset no matter what team wins the Super Bowl because I want Matthew Shafford to get a Super Bowl win, and I also want Joe Burrow to get a Super Bowl win. So, really, whatever side takes this, I'm really happy about. Uh, it's just fun to see a different kind of brand of football than I think what we're used to these last few years, which is that Tom Brady, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. I think that's what we're getting used to. So, definitely yeah. really exciting to see something new, and I'm excited to see this game. It'll yeah, it'll be a fun is, one. This is going to be a really fun Super Bowl for sure. One of the most fun ones probably in recent memory. And mm-hmm. I think, and yeah, when you talk about Eric Weddle coming out of retirement, my gosh. And not only that, Eric Weddle played 51 snaps out of 51 on defense in the NFC mm-hmm. championship and led the team in tackles. That's just insane. Like, how do you even do that? Was he just like, he was in retirement. He said he retired. How is he still in football shape? And like comes back two weeks later, he's like a dominant safety again. Like, I know. it's, it's crazy. insane. He's, he's mm-hmm. like good. <laughs> wow. Yep. Mm-hmm. Really crazy. And that's just the, the moves the Rams front office has been able to make have been really impressive this year. And, yeah. I saw um, an argument though. It was like, I mean, going back to that Stafford and Burrow argument, like who obviously like Stafford, there's talk, there's talks of hall of fame. Like if Stafford wins this, like, I guess I'll ask you two questions, Chris, like first, if Stafford wins this, do you think he makes the hall of fame? And second, I think I have like a strong opinion on the second one, who is more desperate to win this game and who like needs it more, which quarterback? Um, for which quarterback needs this win more? It's got to be Matthew Stafford. 100%. He's got the perfect team built around him, and he's been waiting to prove himself that top quarterback. And this is the game where he can finally do it and clear his legacy from some. Because <clears throat> right now, Matthew Stafford is known as the it's the good quarterback that's played on bad teams, right? Mm-hmm. Now we'll know him as the Super Bowl quarterback, the quarterback that was good enough to win a Super Bowl that was stuck in Detroit for ten years, you know. Yeah. And with the right team around him, he's a, a top eight quarterback top five quarterback i'd say he's a top five quarterback with this team around him just mm-hmm. the way he's been playing this year some of the throws he's been making so i think he needs to win this joe burrow still has such a bright future ahead of him they've got so much young talent i mean this team is going to be a team that we see coming back year after year uh trying to go get that super bowl win so i'd say that and i mean for matthew stafford this kind of feels like it could be a one-time chance for him to get that super bowl and sort of clear his name right from the uh from the dark pits of detroit you know <laughs> so i think yeah. that's what i'd say and then answering your question about the Hall of Fame, I think that if he does win the Super Bowl, he should be in consideration for the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he's necessarily going to make it, but he's definitely a guy you got to consider. It'll be interesting to see uh, once this team, I mean, it's going to eventually have to start to, it's going to start to crumble a little bit just with the moves they've made. But maybe if he takes them back another year after this and they do well again consistently, um, that could be really interesting. It'll be interesting to see how he works with the team that maybe isn't as good as the one this year in future years. And I think that'll have a, a big determination in whether he ends up in the Hall of Fame or not. Yeah, I mean, I think he deserves it. And I think he might get overlooked a little bit, even if he does win the Super Bowl. I think if he wins the Super Bowl, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, Mm -hmm. I agree with you on the other debate about like who needs it more. Like, obviously, I thought that was Stafford. I was surprised that was even a thing. But like Stafford's statistics, he has had the big season of over 5,000 yards back in 2011. He's had 4,000 or more yards in every season from 2011 to 2017. Then he had injuries in 2019 and 2018. He had like just short of it. And then in 2020 and 2021, he eclipsed that mark again both times. He passed for 19 or more touchdowns in all of those years, 2011 to 2021, super consistent. And if he just gets a Super Bowl, he's like in this Super Bowl game, he's going to hit 50,000 
or actually, I guess these are regular season passing yards. Right now, he is five yards short of 50,000 career regular season passing yards. And I think that's got to get him in. Like, I mean, if he wins, if he loses, maybe not. Maybe he's like, he's never won the big game. He had a big squad around him. But I think if he wins, he deserves to be a Hall of Fame quarterback um, in my eyes. Yeah, here, I'm going to look this up quickly. Um, what you checking? How many quarterbacks have uh, thrown for 50,000 yards? Oh, yeah. Not many. And this is a list that I think that, if, that proves that Matthew Stafford is, should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, you've got Breeze, Brady, Manning, Favre, Rivers, Marino, Marino Roethlisberger, Manning, or Eli Manning, Matt Ryan, John Elway, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, I think people think Matt, like the only ones who are questionable there, it's obviously like, Eli, there's the argument, and Matt Ryan, there's the argument. All of the others are locked in Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. and I think Matt Ryan should be a Hall of Famer too. And exactly, if you add a Super Bowl win to that, to that mm-hmm. fifty thousand yards hat, that's a clear. And, and I mean, Matthew Stafford's not done. He's not showing signs of slowing down. He's still a quarterback that could last for another five, six years, I think, in this league. Yeah, like, I mean, I wouldn't say he's not showing signs of it, but obviously, he's he has a chance to. Like, I mean, he's he's he he has a chance to play for that long, and he's still playing at a mm-hmm. high level. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. I mean, the Bengals had, like, a lot of great signings as well this offseason on defense. That has helped them tremendously, like, in ways that maybe people don't talk about as much. Um, so that Bengals defense is a bit underrated for sure. And, I mean, it, or at least maybe not anymore, but it definitely has been heading through the playoffs. But, I mean, honestly, I think, yeah, we've broken it down pretty much. I mean, the Rams have a great defense. We're going to see Jalen Ramsey try to lock down Jamar Chase, but I think he's not totally going to be able to. Um, obviously, Jamar Chase is going to get his big plays. Joe Burrow will face a lot of pressure, but he'll make some good throws. And I think lateral running and passing the ball to Joe Mixon will also be key because we know Aaron Donald wreaks havoc on the inside. But if Joe Mixon can hit that edge, he'll have a chance to do some work for sure. So any other thoughts on this game, Chris, before we get into the DFS lineups? I mean, really, one more thing, Tom. What do you think, uh, as someone that picked the Bengals win, what do you think they need to do if they're going to get this win? It's like, what's your key, sort of? That was a spoiler for the end of the, <laughs> the end of the show. But, yes, I did pick the Bengals to win. You'll find out about the score. Oh, um, oops. <laughs> they're going to have to, I mean, they are going to have to throw the ball deep. They're going to have to go to Jamar Chase. Not if, if, if it doesn't work out once, they're going to have to keep going to him, but also look underneath to T Higgins as well. I think T Higgins could have a chance to get a big like reception game and just honestly, like use, like, y- I mean, use multiple guys in the red zone too. Like honestly, CJ Uzoma, who we'll talk about a little bit later in DFS lineups. I feel like he has those games where he can blow up and get like a couple touchdowns. If you just get it to him in the red zone, he finds his way in, has that big tight end Super Bowl game. He could be fine. And then on mm-hmm. defense, I mean, just limiting – you can't stop Cooper Cup, so I wouldn't even try. Just limiting that run game and limiting, like, massive plays because I think when Cam Akers has been shut down, obviously, throughout the playoffs, Sony Michelle, the Rams haven't had, like, crazy offensive explosions without their running game. Cooper Cup is going to have 150 yards and two touchdowns in this game, and you can't stop that. And I think you'll see in my game pick that I had a pretty high-scoring game but it's just limiting the Rams. If you limit them to under, honestly, if you limit them to under 30 points or under 25 points, somewhere around there, they're going to have a chance. If the Rams pick up 35, it's just not going to happen. If you let Matthew Stafford throw for four touchdowns or five touchdowns or that, like they're just going to have to limit um, the Rams and especially in the running game. And I think they're going to be, have a chance to be able to, what do you think the Rams have to do to win this game? Yeah. I mean, if the Rams are going to win this game, I think the key for them has just got to be, I mean, creating those big plays and getting the ball in the hands 
of their playmakers, Cooper Cup, Cam Akers. Uh, I mean, just opening up the field, letting Matthew throw deep, Matthew Stafford throw deep. That's got to be developing the run game, so then you can open up the pass game. Because I mean, the Bengals are going to want to bring pressure. They're going to want to. They don't want Matthew Stafford to have time to look down the field and find his receivers, Cooper Cup, and. I mean, if you give Matthew Stafford time when you've got a receiver like Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is going to get open and Matthew Stafford's going to find him. That's the problem. So they got to have good protection and uh, play well uh, off the line. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's got to be Jalen Ramsey's got to play a good game against Jamar Chase. I mean, he's going to catch some passes. Jamar Chase is a really good receiver. Then you also got to make sure that uh, you're playing well and just stopping these underneath passes. You can't get two. Uh, you can't have tunnel vision on one receiver like Jamar Chase. Got to make sure you're watching out for all the others. So I think it's just going to come down to less of that Jalen Ramsey matchup, but just how the uh, Rams secondary plays in general. Because if the Bengals are going to win this game, it's going to be by passing. And, uh, I mean, you just got to make sure that you're slowing down the passing game and forcing them to have to try and incorporate a run game and then just not letting Joe Burrow get hot. Because when, yeah. when Joe Burrow starts playing well, it's it's deadly. So I think that's yeah. going to be the key, just slowing down this offense. Yeah, this isn't going to be like a 10 or 12 catch Jamar Chase game, but like he'll get his yeah. and he'll have maybe four or five for 80 or 100 yards, something like that. And mm-hmm. that could be enough if they use their other playmakers enough. So yep. let's move into DFS. We are talking FanDuel $3.3 million, like Super Bowl contest, whatever it's called. And the winner of this contest gets a million dollars. So we, we are too young to play DFS, but we're going to try to win you guys a million dollars anyway. And we have our DFS lineups. So how it works for the Super Bowl when you're doing a single game, for those of you who don't know, you have your MVP that you have to pick out of any player, and they get 1.5 times the amount of fantasy points. And then for any four other players, like any players, and they have prices, you have a $60,000 budget, and you can look at the full prices on FanDuel, but we'll tell you the prices of the guys we're getting. And then, of course, yeah, you pick your MVP, you pick four any flex players, and then that's about it. So, Chris, do you want to start off? Like, let's hop into your DFS lineup. Yeah, so uh, first, I think, um, I think, I mean, I'll just say, I think we can talk about this both. Calvin and I both have uh, Cooper Cup as our quarterback, or I mean, not as our quarterback, our MVP worth 1.5 times whatever he scores points uh, if he is the max highest scorer, right? Is that how it works? PPR, yeah. Yeah, so if Cooper Cup scores the most out of any player in this game, then we will get uh, – or no. Actually, is it yeah, half so, PPR? What? I don't know if it's half PPR or full PPR. Whatever. Either way, Cooper Either Cup way, is Cooper Cup is, I think, the best player, and that's why we got the MVP bonus 1.5 times points on him. He's the most expensive player right now, costing 16000 but I think it's worth every single penny to go ahead and grab him. He's going to score a ton of points this week. Like you said, Calvin, I mean, it's almost expected that he goes for 150 and two touchdowns, you know? Yeah, exactly. So definitely worth it for me yeah and i think i FanDuel. i found out is half ppr DraftKings is full so definitely a mm-hmm. full more mvp like smash hit on DraftKings than on FanDuel. but even so, I mean, so like honestly he's still the highest priced player for a reason and i think in i don't know if this is going to be a massive quarterback game for either team so i wouldn't hate it if you took like joe burrow in that spot which it would be my alternative to cooper cup but I think it's mm-hmm. still Cooper Cup because, again, like 12 receptions for 150 yards and two touchdowns, very much within the realm of possibility. And how many points is that? That's like 33 points. That's crazy. That's And then you get the 1.5 times. Like, that's all you need. So let's go through the rest of it. Um, Chris, do you want to start or should I go through my other guys? Uh, you can go. You can go to your second guy. Okay. So Cooper Cup is my MVP at $16,000. At $15,000, it's Joe Burrow. And that's because I'm taking the Bengals to win this game. I think – Joe Burrow is going to be the better quarterback option than Matthew Stafford. I'm not going to go take both quarterbacks because I want to be able to spend up elsewhere. 
Mm-hmm. And so he's my second guy there. I think he's going to throw for a solid amount of yards, not 525 or anything like the regular season, but I could see a couple touchdowns, three touchdowns that could be good enough. And so going to take some shots obviously later in this, but for now, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow schlock that in and he should be pretty good in the super. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got Matthew Stafford as my quarterback, um, uh, 15,500. I just think it's a little bit more worth it. Uh, I'm more, I'm, I'm just more excited to grab him because that's who I have winning the game. And I think that combination of Cooper cup and Matthew Stafford really could be deadly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, since Joe Burrow's cheaper, the Bengals are, I picked the Bengals and uh, that's why I'm taking Joe Burrow, but yeah, I mean, that Stafford makes sense as well. My next guy, I'm stacking him with Jamar chase. Um, I think chase, once again, I talked about it. I don't think he's going to have a huge reception game in a fan duel lineup. That obviously does not matter as much in DraftKings. I would consider taking a guy like T Higgins, but I'm riding heavy on Bengals receivers. I just, and I think Jamar Chase could easily get a touchdown or two. I think he's going to get in the end zone at least once. That's a big one right there. Then I've got some sleepers and stuff for my last two picks as well. And I've got some some alternatives, whether you just want to make a little bit of money or go big and crazy for the millionaire. uh, We have alternatives for both. So Chris, what Mm -hmm. do you got in your third slot? Yeah, in my third slot, I actually took Odo Beckham Jr. Um, He's been showing a lot of classes. I think this is where everything really comes together for him a guy that's uh, just struggled this season. I think that he put together a really good game. I think he's that guy that the Bengals sort of forget about that's really good, but he has that experience having played in the league for uh, being a veteran player at this point. I think you can call him that. And uh, he's been showing a lot of flashes of being really good. They're going to have to focus on Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham is going to be the guy that sneaks away and he's going to catch, I think, a long touchdown. So I expect both these receivers to have huge games and uh, I'm willing to take them both. And he's only 10500 which I think is a very fair price for OBJ. For sure. Yeah, um, so Cooper Cup, OBJ, you got them both. Um, and then at my fourth slot, actually, I'll talk about my last two, but I took Jamar Chase at 1,200 or 12,000 if I hadn't said that. So my last two, it depends on what you want to go with. But we talked about it earlier. I think CJ Uzoma will get in the end zone in this one. He might not play with the MCL injury, so watch that. If he doesn't, maybe rotate to, I don't know, it's hard to rotate to Tyler Boyd. I don't love Tyler Boyd. There are other sleepers you could definitely rotate to, but I think Uzoma will play, and I think – that he can, he has a shot at getting in the end zone and he could easily be a two touchdown guy. We've seen him explode randomly during times in the season. And you're, if you're wanting to take a shot at the million dollars, like there's no better guy to do it with. I mean, at 7,500, maybe there are better guys, but if you're looking for like a, not a crazy sleeper, a guy you could like, he, I would say he's a pretty big sleeper, but not a guy who's like so buried on DFS charts that you don't even find him in any lineups. I mean, CJ Uzoma is the guy you can go with. And then this depends here. I think if you want to go with, if you want to win like 10 bucks or whatever, just pick Evan McPherson in your last slot at 9,000. I have the Bengals kicking four field goals in this game. And McPherson, every time he steps up, is just automatic. They're going to go to him. I think the Bengals will maintain the lead for enough of this to where they settle for enough field goals. And I mean, they've been known to do it and in the past and trust him. So at 9,000, but if you want to go for the million dollars, I mean, I guess it's so hard for me to just take any of those deep sleepers. And I know one of them is going to pop off. I don't have enough confidence in any of them, but I will take, if I, you wouldn't take McPherson, I would put Sony Michelle in that slot at 7,500 for more risk. He was splitting carries with Cam Akers in the NFC champ or uh, NFC championship. Neither of them were particularly effective, but finally they actually get a softer run defense, the Rams. And I think Sony Michelle will stay involved enough even when the rams are behind for some of it they'll be close enough to where he'll get some plays and maybe get like a long reception or something as well he was very effective in the regular season even in close games so i think my lineup would be again cooper cup joe burrow jamar chase cj zoma and 
either McPherson or Michelle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I like your lineup. Uh, to close out my lineup uh, after OBJ, I've got T. Higgins and C.J. Uzoma. I have T. Higgins mainly. I mean, I'd love to have Jamar Chase, but I couldn't get him for the price. And I think T. Higgins could have just as good of a game. Um, I think the reception total is going to be there. It's just going to be about whether or not he can get into the end zone. So that's why, I mean, he's a little bit of a boomer bust player, in my opinion, because I think his value is going to be dependent on whether or not he can get in the end zone. We already know he's going to have respe- receptions, though. So in that way, he's a little bit safe. But uh, yeah, so a player that I'm willing to take the risk on. And then C.J. Uzoma. I think this is just another breakout player. I like him just as much as you do, Calvin, for DFS because he has the chance to get in the end zone. He's a consistent red zone target. And even if he doesn't have a massive game, I can still definitely see him getting into the end zone at least once. So I'm definitely a player I'm excited about. And then I do have a sleeper. He doesn't necessarily fit into my lineup because I already have Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. But uh, if you were looking to maybe grab two quarterbacks and then have to grab some later uh, cheaper guys, one guy I like is uh, Ben Skowronek and... Uh, a lot of people don't know much about him, but uh, he almost had a 50-yard touchdown pass in the NFC Championship a week ago. And I think that if there's a guy that I'm willing to bet on to be that out-of-nowhere Super Bowl-like winning performance, you know, that just has two touchdowns, some small guy, to which it feels like we have every other year, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it's going to be him. So I'm trying to think. I was trying to figure this out. I feel like there's one every year, but I can't think of any. Who are these, like, like small guys that come out of nowhere and just win the teams that are Super Bowl, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just um, – I, I like it. I like that pick as a deep sleeper. If you're taking both quarterbacks, if you're taking a high-scoring game, I like it a lot. So, guys, we're not DFS experts. We're not into, like, gambling, obviously. We're not old enough to do that anyway, but we're not, like, any of those, like, whatever you call – like, DFS experts who are, like, guaranteed picks, free money, like, taking it – the way, like, you steal from the companies, whatever, like, free, free money all year long, pros, none of that. We're not that. But we think if you put a $5 bet on these lineups, it's $10 well spent. And we think more likely than not that you'll make some money off of it. And depending on how risky you want to go, you can make big money off of it potentially. Mm -hmm. So this is what we would advise. Yep. All right. So let's move on to game picks. Um, We've got, yeah, we got game picks for the Super Bowl. And that's it. And then that'll be the end of the show. So Chris, let's start off. What is your official Super Bowl pick for Super Bowl 56? My official prediction for Super Bowl 56 is that the Rams will defeat the Bengals 31 to 27. All right. I like it. My official Super Bowl pick is that the Bengals will win 33 to 27. And that's what I talked about. I'm thinking field goals. I'm thinking four field goals for Evan McPherson. That's why he's in my lineup. If you want some money and just like a little bit of money, put him in there. If you want more money, you don't care about getting $10, put Sonny Michelle in instead. So that is the end of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Happy to be back, as you could tell. And this was a really, really fun one to record. Keep an eye out on the Twitter. I don't know if you've checked it yet, but after this episode, go drop over to the Twitter and we probably will have revealed our guests for the next three weeks. And you'll find out who our special guest is coming on February 14th. Bright and early, it'll drop 3 a.m. as always as we schedule it. We don't wake up in the middle of the night to do that, but we schedule the release for 3 a.m. And that's the day after the Super Bowl. It'll be recorded before the Super Bowl, so we won't know what happens. But maybe we'll get our guest's pick on the Super Bowl so that you can find out in real time if he's correct or not. We'll see about that. But yeah, February 14th, Monday, bright and early. I'm fired up. And that's the next time we'll see you guys. Mm-hmm. Chris and I are both ready to go. And yeah, Chris, this is like one of the biggest guests we've ever had on the show. So it's going to be really mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF. Follow Chris at Chris underscore SGF at SGF pod for the podcast. Second goal fantasy at gmail.com. 
make sure to check out my streams on Colorcast. Um, go like follow me on Twitter and I'll tweet about them sometimes, but some, uh, it's better to download the Colorcast app and just keep updated, check my scheduled streams. And I also might be starting a show on Colorcast. Not hundred percent sure, not locked in yet, but I'm thinking college basketball weekly will be the show Mondays, six to 7 PM Eastern. And uh, just go hop in. I love college basketball as well. Almost as obsessed with it as I am with fantasy football in the NFL. And so you'll find out game recaps, bracketology updates. You can jump on the hot seat and talk with me. That's one of the best things about the app and you can chat as well. So that's about it. Chris, any last words you got? Because the next time the listeners hear us will be our big guest reveal episode. Well, not guest. You'll know the guest, but we're going to mm-hmm. have that one next Monday. So yeah. any last all words I'll say is closing words. Make sure you tune in for next episode. Yeah, it's going to be a great one. Thank you guys so much for listening. Episode one, two, three next week. One of the best shows we'll ever do, I'm sure. And uh, thanks guys for listening. We'll see you next time.